Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled, The Testament of Jesus, Take the First Step, presented by Pastor Floyd Silva on April 2nd, 2017. And then we'll read the passage in Joshua chapter 1, the first nine verses. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word because we know it pierces our hearts. We know that it brings change to us, Father, that you've given us the scriptures, the Bible, your words, Father, so that we can have understanding of this plan that you have for our lives. So, Lord, as we read, Father, that you would guide us, that you would indwell in us, and that your spirit would show us and reveal to us the things that you have for us as individuals. And yes, Lord, that we would take it personal, that we would apply it and that we would live it out and we would be a light on a hill and that we would continually just point people to your son, our redeemer, Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for this. We thank you for these moments. We thank you for the tough things in life. We thank you for the good things in life. And Lord, most of all, we thank you for Jesus and what he did for us. We praise you and we love you and we do it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's read in Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. Let's read those together. Let's see how this story kind of unravels for us. It says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people into the land that I am giving them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness in this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. And no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. So be strong and courageous, for you shall cause these people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Amen. See, in this moment, we see God do something very specific in the life of Joshua. See, Joshua had served faithfully along with Moses, and he saw and discovered so many things in the plan of God and how God was pointing his people to redemption. And in this moment, Moses is gone. And I've got to imagine, at the loss of Moses, Joshua probably struggled internally because he had someone that just gave such clear direction, such great vision to the people. Moses was a man that God called to deliver his people. 
And now Joseph, or Joshua, excuse me, is hearing the voice of God. And God is telling him some very specific things here. He's telling him that he will move people closer to understanding God's great purpose and God's great plan. That the next step is happening right now in this moment and that God wants to use Joshua to take that next step. And really for Joshua, it's it's a first step. It's a beginning of something that God wants to do in him and through him. So I want us to focus on a a couple of key verses in this passage with a hope that, that you and I personally, that we will gain an understanding of those steps that God wants us to take and how God wants to use us as individuals to fulfill this plan. And it's the plan of redemption. It's the plan that points people to Jesus Christ and helps them to grow in relationship with Him. Well, the first thing that we see are in verses 2 and 3. And it's simply that it's God's timing, not yours. In verse 2, he says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. See, there's a couple things that we should note here as God tells Joshua that it's in his timing and not in Joshua's timing, that it's in this moment that he wants to lift up Joshua and help him to understand it, to help others to understand what he is doing to bring his people into redemption. See, God says this. He says, now, therefore, arise. Do you hear that? God says, now, therefore, arise. Come alive. Awaken and understand that I am going to use you in these moments. See, he's saying to Joshua, it's time to stop following. It's time to stop sitting on the sideline. It's time to get into the game and lead the way. See, God is commissioning Joshua in these moments. And he's doing it because Joshua has faithfully served him. Joshua has, has done everything in obedience to God as a servant to God. And he's lived his life in a way. And God says, now is the time. It is my time to use you. I want to ask you this morning, have you sensed that in your life? Have you, have you sensed, uh, and I'll use a big churchy word, a calling in your life? To, to use a, a simpler term, term, have you just sensed God's Spirit just stirring in your heart, saying that you need to do more? That you need to make some changes or some transitions? That you need to be a little more active in your faith and how you serve God and, and live for God? See, that's just simply God calling you. That's God commissioning you. And helping you understand that, that maybe it's time, maybe it's His time right now in this moment to be used by God, to, to point people to Jesus, to help people understand that the God of creation loves them and cares for them. And He has this plan. And in that plan, He wants to redeem them. He wants to redeem us and restore us to Him. He says, Now, therefore, arise. Those are powerful words, aren't they? 
Aren't they powerful words? They should speak to our hearts. But just like in Joshua's life, we have to see some specific things in our own lives. We have to ask God to search our hearts and help us to understand how to take that first step, how to move towards our service in Him. And in James 4.10, it says this. It says, humble yourselves before the Lord and He will exalt you. See, we have to see Joshua as a humble servant of God, someone that bowed in the presence of their Savior, of their Redeemer. And us too, we have to humble ourselves before God and He will exalt us. And then in 1 Peter, we see it again. Chapter 5, verse 6, it says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time, He may exalt you. See, there's the first step to service with God. There's the first step that we should all take. It's a spirit of humility. It's humbling ourselves before God, in the presence of God. See, it's us bowing our hearts in full surrender to the perfect will of God, knowing that in God's timing, He will lift us up. Now, now when when I say lift us up, I want you to understand it like this. He's going to position us and He's going to place us and give us an opportunity to be a part of what He is already doing. I don't want you to, I don't want you to think it that God's going to elevate us in status and, and He's going to put us as chief executive officer of something specific. You know, as my brother would say, He's going to make us the branch manager. Yeah, that's the branch of that tree out there. See, God's going to ordain the moments where we will have opportunity to share the hope that we have, to share the story of what God has done in our own lives. See, and it's all because we have humbled ourselves before Him and He will use us and it's all in God's timing. See, it'll be something that just happens naturally and all of a sudden you'll be sitting there and you'll say, oh my gosh, (laughs) here's an opportunity to share my faith. Oh my gosh, what do I do? This person just opened up their hearts to me. You know, it goes back to our, our mission statement of, of loving and listening and leading others. See, when we love someone, we get an opportunity to listen to them. And when we get an opportunity to listen, we get an opportunity to understand. And in the moments that God helps us to see clearly and understand by the power of His Spirit, then we lead them to Jesus and then we point them to Jesus and we say, look, here's God's story of redemption. Here's what He did through this man that we call Jesus the Christ. See, it's just us acknowledging that it's God's timing and not ours. That if we humble ourselves, He'll use us in the moments that He needs to use us. And we just have to live in obedience to that. We just have to trust that God is at work and He has a plan not only for our lives, but the lives of those that we work with, the lives that we have coffee with, the lives that we live with. And it starts with our family. And it extends out from there to our cousins, to our aunts and our uncles, to our neighbors, to our co-workers. See, God has a plan for everybody that He created. And the Bible teaches us that. It tells us that. It reminds us of that. Well, how do we do that? Well, we do it in God's power and not in our own. 
And I think this is something that we kind of forget about often. I know I do. I know I'm guilty of it. But if you look at verses 5 and 6, listen to the reminder here of whose power it is as God commissions Joshua. He says, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I, listen to this part, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. There it is. Just as God was the power in Moses' life, his power will be the power that helps us in our lives. He says, I will not leave you or forsake you. And therefore, be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Do you hear what God is saying in this moment? You know, when you think about the land that that we will inherit, what do you think about? What has God promised everyone that, that would believe in His Son? Heaven. That's the land that you and I are going to inherit. That's the land that, that as we step out in faith and as we stand and rest in God's power, as He goes out with us, that's what He promises us, is an eternal life with Him. See, that's the land that you and I will inherit. See, I know the, the Israelites in this moment really thought to themselves, oh, we're going to have all this land and we're going to have wealth and we're going to have riches because God has promised us all of these things. But really the truth of it is God is a promise, a, a better land, better than any land here. And because of that, we have to understand that it's God's power, not ours. And when we do that, we become something completely different, don't we? I was praying through this this week and I was just kind of thinking about, well, how does that relate to, the, to life and to me? And, and so I've got kind of a cheesy analogy. So bear with me as I go through this for you, okay? All right, so I'm, I'm, the, I'm the youngest of four siblings. I've got a sister, a sister, and then a brother. And they're all a lot older than me. So, so when I was in first grade, back in that day, long time ago, kids, um, they allowed kindergarten through sixth grade in elementary, all right? So sixth graders, big kids were with little kids. And in first grade, my brother was five years older than me, so he was a sixth grader in my school, all right? So you know what that did for me as a kid? I was strong and courageous. (laughs) I tell you what, man, I, I walked that playground like I was the toughest kid on the block. And it wasn't because I was the toughest kid on the block, it was because my brother was the toughest kid on the block, you know, I was bold. I picked on fifth graders. I, mean, I remember one time punching a fifth, fifth grader in the face and saying, hey, don't do anything. My brother's right around the corner. <laughs> yeah. But I had some courage. And I had that courage because I knew who was with me. See, and that's what God is doing for you and I right here. He's telling us and he's reminding us. He said that we can be strong and courageous because just like I was with Moses and you saw all the things that I did in and through Moses, you saw the plan being revealed, how he helped the exodus happen. He says, I'll be with you too. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. See, that's where our, our strength relies in. That's, that's where what we hold on to. See, we can be bold on the playground because we serve who? The living God. 
And he is with us. And he will always be with us. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. And what, what a beautiful thing is in this moment, he's reminding Joshua of this. But then in Matthew 28, Jesus says the same thing. As God commissions us, as Jesus commissions the disciples, Jesus says this, he says, In all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, here it is. What does he say? I am with you always, even till the end of the age. And I don't think it's over yet. Sometimes we might feel like it is. See, God is with us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. He'll always be with us today, tomorrow, and forever. He will always be with us. And that's a promise that we can walk confidently in. That's a promise that we can just say, I can do this not because of who I am, but because of who God is. You know, the mistake that we make as Christians is that we we use the terminology that I'm going to go work for God. I'm going to go out there and do this for God. See, and when we say that, what we are saying is that I'm going to go out there by myself and God's going to stay behind, but I'm going to get this job done over here. And really what we should be saying is that I am going to go do this with God. See, because God goes with us. In fact, I'll tell you that God goes ahead of us and He prepares the way. He lays out the path before us. He sets the road map and He guides us all the way through. So what we should be saying is, I'm going to go do this with God. I'm going to look for where God is at work and how He's, unreve- how he's revealing His plan. And I'm going to jump right in and I'm going to be a part of that. I'm going to join in with God. See, there's power in that and the power comes from God. Well, how do you know that it's His power? How do I know that it's His power? I think just simply because we'll do great things. I think simply because we're going to step out of some comfort zones and we're going to move into places that we've never been and we're going to see God do some amazing things. We're going to experience some things that we've never experienced before and all we're going to be left with is to look back and say, wow, that was all God. Because I know it wasn't me. See, that's how we know it's God. And we also know it's God when it lines up with His Word. See, when we read God's Word and we understand the plan and everything that He has for us in this from beginning to end, those are the moments when we'll truly understand that, yes, this is God's power. This is God's will. This is God's timing. So what's my first step? And how do I know that it's God's will? Well, in verses 8 and 9, it tells us to pursue God's plan first. It tells us to be strong and courageous. Listen to this. He says, This book of the law, the scriptures, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. There you go. There's God's will. 
If you align it with Scripture, then you will prosper in it. And then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you shall go. He is always with you. You know, my mom and my grandma used to quote this passage to me like on a daily basis. They used to remind me of it every single day. And I realized looking back on it, they they reminded me of that because they were reminding themselves of that. So they had experienced God's plan in their life. They have gone through a, a journey of life and troubles and sorrows and joys and all of these things. And at the end of it, in those moments when they sat with me and talked to me and encouraged me, I've got to imagine in their hearts they were just praising God and saying, thank you for never leaving me nor forsaking me. And because of the gratitude that they had in their hearts for what God had done in them and through them and what God had shown them about the plan that He had for them, they couldn't do anything else but share it with me. Because it was an overflow of their worship and gratitude that they had. See, the same is is for you and I. We have to take a step of faith. We have, to, we have to show courage and obedience and full devotion. See, the success of Joshua's life, it was dependent on his personal obedience to God and God's plan for his life. See, his faith, his courage, his obedience, the devotion that he had for God, see, they were all parts, all parts of the steps that Joshua took to put God's plan first. I love what it says in, in James chapter 1. Because it's a reminder, the first verse is a reminder of our plans and how we have to put our plans aside and we have to move towards God's plans. Verse 21 through 23, it says, Therefore, because of all that God has done for us, Because of God's plan for our life, it says, Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive the meekness of the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. And he says this, he says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving ourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. And then it goes on to say that when we walk away from that mirror, we forget who we are. Maybe that's why we have mirrors now, so we could be reminded. So we can look in them and say, you know what? You are a child of God. You belong to the mighty King Jesus. You have been redeemed by His blood. You have been washed and cleansed from your sins. Not because of who you are, but because of who He is. Have you ever done that? Stood in the mirror and reminded yourself of that? Of the love and the grace that God has for you? See, let's not ever forget that God has a plan for our lives. Let's let's always remind ourselves, let's remind one another that God wants to do great things not only in us, but through us. But the question is, the the thing that we have to kind of end here with is that are we willing? Are we willing to take that step of faith? Are we willing to move out from our comfort zone and live in obedience to the things that God is calling us to do? 
And I'll have to remind you, just like this passage, if you look at the whole story of Joshua and all the things that that God did in him and through him on this journey, is that it was never about Joshua. It was never about what he wanted or what he liked or what he didn't like. But it was everything about what God wanted and what God liked. Now let me say it this way, what God loved and what God wanted and what God's plan was. See, God loves you. He loves me. And as he reveals this plan to you and I, we have to live in obedience. We have to move towards the things that God desires for us and we have to put God's plan first. We have to humble ourselves and we have to let it be about God and not about ourselves. I want to ask you this morning, what step of faith do you need to take? I'll tell you, I I believe this morning, right now, as we hear these passages, and I'm going to read a few more in Joshua in just a second, as we hear these passages, I got to imagine that God is prodding your heart right now. In your mind, you're thinking to myself, what is my next step of faith? Do Do I help in the kids area? Do I help over here? Do I serve over here? Do I I just need to to say, Jesus, I received this free gift of salvation. That's my first step, just to say, Jesus, you are Lord. What is your first step? Or what is the next step that you need to take out of obedience and faith? Turn with me to Joshua chapter 24. I want you to read this passage. I want us to read this passage together as we close this morning. Joshua chapter 24. Starting in verse 14. We're going to look at two verses here. You ready? So I want you to listen to this. I want you to see it with your eyes. Verse 14 says, Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in in whose land you dwell. And this is how he ends it. Joshua. He ends it in strength and courage. He says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen, right? Amen. I want to ask you, how is God commissioning you this morning? What is God calling in your life? What is He telling you this morning? Well, if you would bow your heads and close your eyes with me, and I just want to kind of take a moment this morning, and we're going to spend some time reflecting We're going to reflect on not only what God has done and the plans that He's revealed for us in our lives, but we're going to reflect on this moment right now and what God is saying to me and how He is stirring my heart. And we're going to take this personal. And we're going to make a decision. Are we going to serve God? Are we going to live for God? Are we going to take that first step? And that first step may be different than the person next to you, but it is a first step. It is a step towards God. And that's a step that only you can take. 
You have to own that step. You have to live that step. And in just a few moments, we're going we're gonna to watch this video. And I want you to, as the, as the words are on the screen, as we're watching this video, I want you to, to just kind of reflect and think about all that God wants to do in you and through you. And in this moment, as we, after we watch the video, we're going to come together in communion with God and, and we're going to share in communion together. We're going to look at the, the juice and the crackers and, crackers and we're going to see them as symbols of the blood that was shed and the body that was broken so that you and I can have eternal life, so that we can enter into the land that God promised us. We're going to come forward together and We're going to grab these elements and we're going to give our tithe and our offering and we're going to do it as an act of surrender and obedience to God. I want to encourage you as we do that to to gather with others, to get into circles all over the sanctuary and pray together, encourage one another, remind each other, do this in remembrance of what has been done for you and I, what has been given for every person in this room. And ask God to search your hearts. Ask God for forgiveness of sin and be reminded that you are forgiven because of what God did for you and I. The sacrifice that he made through his son, Jesus Christ, because everything that we do, everything that God has done points us to Jesus. And Jesus says it himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Father, we thank you for this morning. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to open up your word and just have a greater understanding of your commission, of your plans for our lives. Father, just as you called Joshua and you moved him to a place out of his own comfort zone, Father, I pray that that you would move in our hearts. Father, I ask for myself personally that that if there's anything in my heart that, that is standing in the way, anything that causes me not to put you first. Father, I, I, would ha- I, would, I just pray that your spirit would reveal that to me in these moments. And Father, that I would be obedient, that I would take a step of faith to, to give to you, Father, to surrender to you all of me. Father, that I would choose this day to serve you, to honor you, to glorify you, to walk with you, and to live for you, Lord. Father, I pray for every heart in this room. Lord, I pray that that your spirit would just stir their hearts, that you would move them to a place of understanding. And even if they fully don't understand in this moment, Father, that, that this would be the beginning, the first step of a journey that you've placed them on, that you've placed us on together as the body of Christ, to go on together, to help each other, to grow in our relationship with you to help others grow in their relationship with you, Father. Because we truly know that that everything we say and everything we do, we want to bring glory to you. We want to point people to you, Father. So Lord, thank you for these moments. Thank you for these opportunities. Thank you for your plan, your plan of redemption. And I pray as we go forward, as we leave here this morning, that we would just be a changed people that we would see you differently and that we would be more willing and more open and more obedient than we ever have been before and that we would be fully surrendered in every way. 
Lord, I praise you. I thank you. I love you. And I give you glory. And we do it all in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Thank you for listening. And we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com. At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ, committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.